What is going on, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the ATB Fantasy Show. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is co-host and creator of the Piskin Papers website, Dave Hartman. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Uh, eight days to the start of the season, so uh, it's it's uh, exciting times. Um, you know, we wait a long time from the Super Bowl to uh, the start of the season. We got the draft, the preseason. Um, but I know, like a lot of people out there, I'm very excited for NFL football to be back. How about yes, you, Paul? Sir. How are you doing tonight? I can't complain, my friend. It's it's finally not 100 degrees or over 100 degrees here in Texas, so I'm happy about that. But, Dave, you mentioned the, the season is right around the corner. I, I don't know if Twitter makes it better or makes it feel like the season's even longer away, but thank God for Twitter because we can at least talk football with each other. Where can we find you on there? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter slash X. I don't even know what to call that app anymore, <laughs> but I'm at Big Skin Papers and my website where I post all my uh, fantasy and NFL content is thepigskinpapers.com. Paul, where can people find you? Yes, guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, here we are with Dave and I's final episode of our series, Divisions of Fantasy. And with the season just a week away, I'd, I'd like to think that's pretty good timing. Last week, we discussed the AFC South with Randall Memphis Young, a player profiler in the Dynasty War Zone. Be sure to check out that episode. This week, we're staying in the South, but we're moving to the NFC. Here to help us navigate a division with young, exciting, and unproven talent is longtime Falcons fan and creator of the postseason website and fantasy tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kojo DeGraft Hansen. Kojo, how are you, sir? What's up, guys? Good to be with you. <laughs> A-Town, stay down, sir. You know it. <laughs> hey, Kojo, where can we find you on Twitter, man? Oh, so we are at Play Postseason everywhere on socials. All one word. And season is S-C-N. S-C or S-Z? S-Z-N. Okay, yeah, just making sure, just making sure. All right, Kojo, let's go ahead and get after it, sir. How long have you been playing fantasy football? Man, I got started 2006. Uh, I think I took one season off in the years since then, and that's it. Almost 20 years, man. Yeah. First year was the Ladanian Tomlinson, all those touchdowns here. I just, I just luckily drafted him because I liked his his visor. (laughs) (laughs) It was the the vibes. I remember that season. I think he had 28 touchdowns in a 16 game season. It was insane. Yeah. You don't. Go, go ahead, no, I was say, sorry, I thought he had like the he set the record and he had like over 30 for some reason, but maybe there was 28. I don't know. We can look it up after the show. I remember I didn't yeah. have him on my fantasy team that year. <laughs> He's, he, he was a league winner that year um, for sure. So, yes, Kojo, indeed. tell us about the postseason. Um, where'd you get the idea for it and how did you put it together? Yeah. Uh, so, the postseason is basically a way to play fantasy sports for bygone games, right, from the past. You still have the data, still a lot of randomness, a lot of crazy stuff happens. So it turns out you kind of make the same decisions that you do with regular season fantasy when you're playing in the past. Um, and the idea sort of came to me a couple of years ago. I had a terrible tight end on my fantasy team. I'm watching randomly some highlights from, uh, I think it was Falcons versus Redskins, or Commander, excuse me, on, uh, on YouTube. And Tony Gonzalez is going off. He has like 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half. 
I'm just like, God, I want that guy on my team. I wish I could play with him on my team right now. And that's where the concept came from. Very cool. How do you how do you avoid sort of knowing exactly what I guess you'd have to look it up and there's no time to do that, right? Like when you're so you can actually look it up. Um, you know, there's there's two different game modes that we have, right? So we've got a league mode where you draft just like you would in a regular um, league with your buddies. And then we do a tournament, which is like DFS with best ball scoring. Um, and so in both cases, you can look up everything you want. The, you know what happens at a season-wide level, but you don't know what week the game is going to choose to score, right? So out oh, of you know, 16 okay. weeks, like yeah. it's the luck of the draw, which is how it is in regular fantasy. That's very cool. You know, as a, as a Dolphin fan who misses Dan Marino, I would, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out because I would, uh, I would enjoy uh, firing up his 48 touchdown season. Oh man, that would be a gem. Well, yeah. right now we, uh, right now we go back through 2008. We are trying to negotiate a, uh, a discount on seasons that'll take us back through the 50s. The oh, earlier wow. quote we received was, uh, "We got a six-figure quote." to get data going back to the 50s. And I don't have that much money lying around. So <laughs> TBD, <laughs> but we're going to get there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So how, how long has the postseason game in sight been active for, Kojo? Yeah, so we uh, we did a, a light beta last summer. Uh, but this summer was the first time that we ran weekly tournaments, like every week. Uh, and We're done for the year. You know, everybody's got to focus on regular season fantasy right now. Um, obviously I'm banging out mock drafts right now, a couple real drafts a week, and I'm sure the same for you guys, but we'll be back in, um, probably late December, uh, with the league mode beta and then starting in spring 2024. All right. So, so Kojo, this next question doesn't come from me. Paul wrote it. So don't get mad at me. I'm just, but was the postseason your way of recovering from, uh, the debacle that was Super Bowl 51? I, sh I should have prepared for this, right? It's only fair. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. I've played, like I've started postseason tournaments a couple of times. It happened to be 2017 NFC playoffs or NFC um, South. And I'm just looking at the stats and I'm like, we were the best team. We were the best team. <laughs> I'll tell you but, something. I, I had Matt Ryan as my, uh, as my fantasy QB that year. Got him like on the cheap. And uh, it was it was beautiful for, for that whole season. He just went All off. Right. Uh, it's beautiful until it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that game and just thinking I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was nice to see the comeback. But then I was like, I can't believe they came back and I can't believe they actually won it. You know, I'm not yeah. trying to, to rub it in or anything, but I just couldn't believe it's it. It's all good. You know, at this as point, a, as, a Dolphin, history, as a Dolphin you know? fan who was tired of getting stomped by the Patriots, that Super Bowl <laughs> and the one against the Seahawks were like, come on. Oh, yeah. Just, just close the door. Finish the job. Like, yeah, you know, it's we let you down. Like, you know, like a superhero movie where, like, they have the villain down and, like, they don't put the bullet in his head. And, like, they're like, all right, we, we beat him. And then, you know. He's not dead talking. Yet. Is how it always goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Kojo, we were talk. Uh, we were talking pre-roll, Kojo, and I know you 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 live in in Atlanta, Georgia. But how did you become a, a Falcons fan? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, growing up, I wasn't really a big American football fan. My dad is from Ghana and West Africa, so soccer was was obviously um, the big sport. And 
I played baseball a little bit, so I was a big Braves fan. Um, certainly I had some interest when the uh, Falcons went to the Super Bowl in 98, right? Um, but I think what really did it was was Mike Vick, right? And the way he just kind of uh, electrified the city. Um, you could not want to watch. So you, you may have sense. answered – you, you may have answered my next question. You know, thinking back, the Falcons have not exactly had the most, you know, all pros and Hall of Famers. They've, <laughs> they've, they've, they've had some some truly great players, you know, Julio Jones, Deion Sanders, Mike Vick. Um, who's your who's your all time favorite Falcons player? Yeah, you know, I think it it would have been Vic easy shoe in if nothing else because of you know playing with him in Madden 04, right? How great was that? <laughs> yeah. But he yeah, was a cheat code, right? It's unbelievable. <laughs> you literally had to be like, oh, you can't use the Falcons, <laughs> right? But yeah, I think you know the sting of of the way it all ended. I think that was like my freshman year of college, right? And and um, it just it was bad, left a bad taste in the mouth. So I'm going to go with Roddy White. You know, I loved Rowdy oh, Roddy. Uh, he was just the epitome of uh, – he went he went through the rough times with us, right? Like I think yeah. his rookie year was the year that Vic got busted um, and then also was there, you know, for the good times, right, the, the final ride. So Yeah, Rod- Roddy and Julio was, you know, for a while there, probably the best wide receiver team. Well. I mean, maybe Moss and Carter were better, but they were close. What a duo, Yeah. Yeah, that, that duo doesn't get mentioned enough as far as like being talked about among the great duo, wide receiver duos in NFL history. Yeah, I think if they could have made the Super Bowl in um, was it the 2012 season? I'm trying to remember when the Falcons had a lead in the second half against the Niners, Kaepernick and the Niners, and they let it slip away in the NFC Championship game. They had made that Super Bowl. I think the narrative of Roddy and Julio looks really different. Yeah, you're yeah, probably right. Probably so. so, you know, we're sticking with the Falcons here, Kojo. What are your expectations for, for this Falcons team heading into the season? Yeah, um, I think they sneakily built a really solid defense. Um, this roster doesn't have a lot of holes on it. But with that said, it doesn't have a lot of um, – I don't think it has that much offensive depth. Uh, so, you know, you lose one or two key guys and you could be in for a world of hurt. Um, it's a really soft schedule. So I, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if the team wins 10 games. I wouldn't be surprised if the team loses 10 games. Uh, I think they'll kind of land somewhere in that middle. What, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on Desmond Ritter? Sorry, Dave, before we no, get to the go next ahead, question. Paul. I think I like, I like Ritter's personality. I like the, the way that he approaches the game uh, and yeah. practice. Um, but I just haven't seen a lot of consistency from him yet uh, in terms of nailing kind of the routine throws. Um, he's definitely had a couple of plays where you're like, okay, all right, we might have something. But, you know, just hit the routine once regularly, yeah. you know. I got yeah, you. I mean, you, you mentioned they could, they could get to 10 wins this year, and the good news is um, – you know, last year, 10 wins runs away with the NFC South. It was, <laughs> you know, one of the historically bad divisions. Um, and as you said, the teams in the NFC South have easy schedules this year um, compared yeah. to last year. Which, well, part of that is that they get to play each other, and none of them are that, <laughs> that good, but they were also playing the AFC South, which is also not a particularly strong division. Um, and, you know, we, we – 
this is the as Paul said, this is the, our last of the um, eight division breakdowns for fantasy football, and we'll we'll dive into that in a second. Um, and you know, we kind of save the best for last or the worst for last. I don't know, but yeah. this is a division because <laughs> teams that are trailing in games, and when these teams play each other, um, you might get some points. Um, I mean, it's it's an interesting division to think about because with Brady gone. Um, you know, Derek Carr is the only proven quarterback in the division, and he's on a new team after kind of, you know, things went bad at the very end in Vegas. And then you've got, you know, basically, you know, rookies or Baker Mayfield starting everywhere else. I mean, Ritter's not a rookie, but it's his first year as a starter. Bryce Young. Four games last year. And, you know, so it's going to be interesting. I think, um, you know, uh, you can make a case for all four all four teams in the division to win the division, I think. Maybe not Carolina, but the other three, I think you can. So I'm interested to see what what happens with this division. Or maybe Tampa, you can't. I don't know. They're all – they all could – nothing would surprise me in this division. So let's jump in now. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk some fantasy and go across the four teams. We'll stick with Atlanta. We'll, you know, I was one of those people who last year – paid a little too much for Kyle Pitts. Um, oh no. You know, was one of many who got burned. I mean, it was almost it was almost a relief when he got hurt because I could finally stop putting him in my lineup and hoping he got more than 2 for 23, you know. Right. Um his price this year is much more reasonable. So my question for you is, you know, he's going in like the 6th, 7th round. I'm talking about, you know, season long redraft leagues now. Are you in or out? Is that a fair price? I think it's fair-ish, but I'm still out. Um, mm. <laughs> and, me, and me, and, is... me and you, Kojo, I am too. <laughs> I hear the reason. Yeah, and, and I think we'll. I'll probably talk a little more about pets later. But a, they kept um, Michael Pruitt, who actually had the most touchdowns of our tight ends last year. And then they went out and got Johnny Smith, right? Who uh, we all know came from Tennessee with with uh, Arthur Smith, and uh, they have big plans for him. And then last but not least, Bijan Robinson, right? Short area target in the passing game. Tight ends also kind of short area target. It just it's enough noise for me to back away. Yeah, yeah I sense. agree. And I also, you know, they were one of the most run heavy teams in the league last year, and. You know, that's going to be Ritter's best friend this year is that three-headed attack with Patterson and Algier behind Robinson. So I'm just scared of the volume. I mean, he'll yeah. make some big plays, I'm sure, but I'm just scared of the volume. Yeah, he'll definitely have weeks where we all see, oh, there's the guy. But how do you know when those weeks are going to be? Exactly. You know, a, a big another big piece of the Falcons offense is Drake London. He's heading into year two here at Gojo. Um, one, one narrative about the Falcons, one worry as far as fantasy goes, is the Falcons being so run heavy. Well, do you think there's enough passing volume for Drake London to, you know, maybe be a fantasy wide receiver too? I do. I think he sneaks in there. Um, I don't think it's because there's like a big passing pie, but more that it's kind yeah. of a narrow tree, right? Um, so I, I think London, you know, last year he had over 100 targets. He was a little shy of a thousand yards. I think he does break that thousand-yard mark this year. Give him a handful of touchdowns, and I, th- I think he sneaks in there. Yeah. So we got to. Where do y'all yeah. have him? Oh, 
London for me, um, I have him as a borderline wide receiver too. I think he'll get touchdowns. You know, I think he'll, when Ritter throws touchdowns, he's got the best chance to get them. I think the volume will probably be a little low. Um, So I think if you draft him, you're hoping for, you know, eight, nine, maybe even 10 touchdowns. And that's Mm. the way to return value. What do you think? Um, You know, personally, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit higher on the Falcons offense. I think they will be a little bit more, maybe pass heavy. Maybe it's because I believe it more in Desmond Ritter thinking he's a, he's a smarter player and giving a little bit more credit to Arthur Smith than most people, but I have him as a top 20 guy personally. Okay. Okay. I'd love to see it. So, you know, the the most anticipated running back since Saquon Barkley, you know, um, I would say uh, in the last five years, like, Top ten running back, third straight year. The Falcons have used the top ten pick on a on a skill position player. How and Bijan is, is Bijan's going in the back half of round one in season long drafts, and typically as the third running back off the board, um, third or fourth, I would say. So, how, how do you see his rookie year playing out? And which other which running backs would you take ahead of him? Let's say half PPR. Mm. Um, to keep it simple. Yeah, um, I think he's I think he's an almost can't assuming health. I think he's in an almost can't miss position, right? Um, we've seen rookie running backs come in who were drafted in the first round come in and be excellent year after year after year. And this is an offense that I mean, you find the rushing stat last year, the Falcons were near the top of it, right? Um, and I think there's no nothing's really going to change from that perspective. He is going to mix in uh, with the other backs that are on the roster, but I think there's going to be more than enough rushing volume. I mean, you toss in some passing. Um, I think as far as the running backs, I would take over him. Uh, really, I, I would just take Eckler and McCaffrey, but I wouldn't be mad at you if you chose to take uh, a Saquon Barkley or even a Nick Chubb, who I personally think is going to have probably his best year yet. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that on Chubb for sure. Uh, it was kind of surprising to see you look at that Atlanta team and all the holes, if you want to call them that, they needed to fill. They they take Bijan Robinson with the number eight overall pick. And you look at a guy like Tyler Algier, who had over a thousand yards last season as a rookie, and he's kind of being uh, picked as a sleeper this year. And of course, you've got Cordell Patterson, who I know he just recently got injured, but he showed some signs of life his first year with Arthur Smith as well. How, yeah. how do you see the the touches in that backfield breaking down? Yeah, that's a great point. I, frankly, you know, I was I was actually at uh, the Hawks versus Celtics playoff game getting stomped uh, when they drafted mm. Bijan, and I was so angry oh, because wow. to your point, we had other needs. Uh, certainly, I've you know grown more excited about him uh, as the playoffs continued. Um, I mean, I think last year it was basically a 60-40 split, right, between Algier and Patterson, and you know this year I would imagine you're probably looking at fifty-five to sixty percent to to mm-hmm. Bijan. Um, in part because I think they're going to give him a lot of catches. So there's not so much need to, to give him, you know, 80% of the rushing volume. Um, right. That probably then leaves Algier uh, with 25, 30% and Patterson with whatever's left, um, which I don't know. I mean, Patterson was really good that first year, but we did see him slow down mm-hmm. a little bit. So maybe he's better at more of a, a change of pace role. Yeah. Good point. So, so, Kojo, you, you mentioned that name a rushing stat and the Falcons were 
at or near the top last year, and that's true. And one of them was attempts. They had 559 rush attempts, which was one more than the Chicago Bears and made them, <laughs> you know, the most – I don't know if they were the most run heavy by percentage of snaps, but they certainly had the most rushing attempts um, of any team. And that's almost 33 per game. So you think about that, that's really – a lot of, of ground and pound and it worked for them. Um, you know, they, they ran yeah. the ball well. Um, did you think that approach, you know, part of the reason for that was Mariota was, was not fully healthy last year and was, you know, sailing balls over guys' heads and really couldn't run the offense. I think that Arthur Smith wanted to run and I'm not, I'm not beating up on Mariota. He, he did have an injury and I think it did affect his mechanics. Um, do you think that the run-heavy approach changes some with Desmond Ritter now under center? And, uh, you know, do you think Arthur Smith has other things up his sleeve than what we saw last year? I think it could have if we had seen kind of a more emphatic uh, preseason from Ritter. Um and that's not to say that, you know, I analyze every snap or I'm a quarterback, you know, guru or anything, but I, I think there's just enough question marks there that we'll probably see a continuation of what Arthur Smith has been known for, you know, in, in Tennessee and so far in Atlanta, which is, hey, let's have a really good run game and let's be efficient with our passing. Um, I think also the fact that, I mean, they kept a fullback on the roster and they also intend to use John o. Smith in kind of a hybrid um h back or whatever role lends itself to that uh, as well i think it's going to be another run heavy year yeah so let's move let's move on to another team in the division we're talking a little bit about the tampa bay buccaneers and you look at the pieces on their offense they have had some pretty prolific receivers and mike evans and chris godwin who have both been top 15 wide receivers for most of their time in tampa bay especially during the brady era uh, now with baker mayfield and kyle trask in town oh what point are you drafting these guys if I can help it, I am not, uh, <laughs> and that has nothing to do with them, and it's just more to do with you know looking at Baker's history with his uh, with his receivers. It feels like when Baker has a guy with the brand name, that it's a struggle, but when he can just show up and throw the ball to just it's dudes, open. yeah, then yeah. he's then he's good, right? Um, and you know, I, I had DJ Moore on a, on a team last year, and. That wasn't fun, right? Um, and then, obviously, we all remember when Baker showed up, literally parachuted off the plane onto the sidelines in L.A. And he was great that one game, right? Because he didn't know anybody. There was no pressure. He was just free. Now he's going to be in Tampa where he's following the GOAT, right? That's pressure. Um, he's got someone behind him who I think that the fans will kind of uh, – start chirping for if he struggles that's pressure and then yeah you've got mike evans guys never been under a thousand yards that's pressure so yeah where godwin's going i mean they're both going kind of in that sixth seventh round um i kind of prefer running backs like Kamara or james cook where godwin is going and then where evans is going there's some young wide receivers like Jahan dotson and jordan addison i'd rather take flyers on those guys yeah so yeah, you know, obviously there's a price for everyone, but if I can help it, I'm, I'm steering clear of these two. It's funny when you mention pressure because Baker Mayfield, he comes across, comes across as a very confident, borderline cocky guy, and, you know, we've seen him kind of break under the pressure. You would never think that would be the case. It's odd. I, I don't know what it is. 
Well, it's his third. It's his third. Op- really, his fourth opportunity. Um, yeah. So this is probably his last opportunity, I would think. Um, yeah. As a as a starter in the league, he may be a guy who sticks around. You know, maybe his specialty could just be parachuting in <laughs> late this season. And uh, and actually, I mean, they, they didn't win so m- that game so much as the other team lost it. I mean, in in some ways, I mean, it was incredible. That's true. Win, but, um you know, get a first down and that never happens. So yeah. anyway, um, I want to talk about uh, Rashad White for a minute. You know, he, Leonard Fournette's gone and it, it's pretty much expected that he'll dominate touches for that team. Maybe he won't, maybe he will. Mm-hmm. He's going in the range um, of, it's kind of a running back rich part of the draft. Uh, Dobbins and um, Damian Pierce, Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, they're all kind of right around that same ADP. How do you like him as compared to those guys? And do you think he'll he'll be the sort of bell cow um, in Tampa or at least dominate touches in that backfield? You know, I do expect him to be the bell cow at least early. You know, I've been hearing the drumbeat kind of start going about Sean Tucker a little bit. I haven't haven't made it made time to sit down and watch some of his his preseason tape, but um Assuming Rashad White comes out and handles business early, I think he can kind of hold Sean Tucker off, at least for the bulk of the year. Um, but with that said, that's that's an if, right? We've seen him have opportunities before and not be very efficient. Um, as far as the, you know, the other running backs in that range, I kind of like all those guys more than him. Um, and again, that's almost a, just a reflection of I'm not sure what to expect from this Baker Mayfield offense uh, here here in Tampa. Um, so yeah, I mean, Dobbins smash Dobbins draft uh, at that position, uh, Damian Pierce, I thought he was great last year, you know, assuming he's, you know, fully healthy, um, uh, happy to take him Madison. We still haven't seen anybody of substance get added. I think they signed, um, oh goodness. They signed somebody to ask on, on Twitter, but it wasn't like a, oh goodness, there's that guy. Right. Do you guys remember who? Who got signed? No, I, don't, I don't remember hearing that. Minnesota. I, I thought I saw something too, but you know, yeah. it, it wasn't Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette. I know exactly. That. Yeah, so I know I'm they cut Dwayne McBride too. So, oh, Dwayne McBride. Wow. So yeah, I think Minnesota's all in on Madison, um, and then even Acres. You know, he finished the season really hot last year, so I have no idea what to expect from LA. But you know, I I rolled the dice on him uh, earlier than I would Rashad White, but. I do think Rashad White should be a pretty solid player. I just happen to like these other guys a little more. That's fair. You know, where are you all at? Um, you know, I think I'd rather have Rashad White simply for the fact that I know he's going to catch passes. You know, Dobbins and that and that uh, Ravens offense. I don't know how many passes he's going to get, but you know, he could really help you out with touchdowns. Obviously, Cam Makers. It's a small sample size. I don't know how to feel about that Rams offense. Hopefully it'll be better, but, you know, with a healthy Matt Stafford, but he's getting older. He doesn't even know his teammates' names. So, you know, how much work is he going to get? (laughs) And then uh, Damian Pierce, man, I I, I definitely would rather have – I think I'd rather have Damian Pierce than Rashad White. But there's – I'm excited for the Texans team overall, but it's a rookie quarterback. They don't have a lot of pieces on on, as far as pass catchers go, so – how much of a workload can he handle and how many scoring opportunities will he have? So it's an interesting so. bunch for sure. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, everyone can replace an offensive lineman. I do think the loss of Ryan Jensen is kind of bad for that team. 
mm-hmm. um, for Tampa. You know, he's kind of like the the anchor of of that offensive line. And I think he's the one who makes all the line calls. I don't think that's good for Baker, and I don't think it's great for their their running game because their line was kind of suspect last year. They really couldn't run the ball last year at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think White's value, as as you said, Paul. Um, is going to be catching passes, assuming that happens. And look, I think both he and Godwin could see a lot of targets because Baker, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be looking to get rid of the ball quickly to safe throws, short area. So we'll see. Um, Yeah. I'm not like, you know, I I agree with you. I like, I'd certainly like Pierce and Madison better. The others, I kind of, kind of feel they're, they're sort of the same. And it's, it's you know, just pick. Pick pick who you're feeling good about, but um, I don't think yeah. that much differentiates the runners in that in that group. There might be some. I have to look, but there might be some receivers around that range that I just like better anyway. Kind of depends yeah. what you need at that point in the draft. That's there fair. Uh, uh, we did this support Kareem Hunt as a pass catcher for years, so that's a good point. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited a little bit about Sean Tucker. I added him to one of my dynasty teams, but he looked good in preseason. I, I think he'll he will eat into some of Rashad White's workload. Nice. But uh, another position that can be tricky to to figure out, and it's like if you don't get two, four, one of the top four guys, it's pick your poison. It's it's tight end, and uh, Kate Otten was somebody who's was a bit of a sleeper on the offseason, but he hasn't really done much as far as as far as I've seen. Um, you know, heading into the season, uh, he's he's pretty much free in drafts. Do you, is he somebody maybe you take a dart throw on? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, I mean, I, I think my my approach to tight end is pretty much always if I can get Kelsey or Mark Andrews, awesome. If not, then I will wait till the end and see who's on the board. So yeah, I mean, I think we've seen Baker be really good with uh, tight ends in college and a little bit in the pros, but not really consistently year over year right um so i don't i don't want to say that baker's a guy who leans on his tight end but at the same time you know dave you just mentioned the offensive line right so those short area targets getting the ball out quick a little safety blanket it's going to really matter and we did see k dot and flash at times last year he's got the skills so why not yeah um all right let's move over to uh the carolina panthers you know a team that is clearly rebuilding um they have a pretty good defense but they're clearly rebuilding their offense they they gave up a lot to move up to number one to get bryce young and that included <laughs> that included giving up you know probably their best offensive player in, in DK um can they avoid being a bottom five offense this year does does bryce young even have a chance to be decent in year one with sort of what's left uh, the pieces that are left there on that offense. You know, I, I may be alone on this, but I actually think they can. Uh, I think it, it depends on whether they try to play within themselves, right? Be honest about what they are. They're a team that needs to sort of play ball control and, and really help their young quarterback. Uh, or if they try to go out and light up the scoreboard you know, every week. But I think if they do play within themselves, they're bringing back the full offensive line at least once. You know, I think their right guard is on pup. He's, he's recovering from a torn ACL. Um, but, you know, after four games, he should be back. And then that gives them an opportunity to really gel around that young quarterback. And they can just run the ball. They've got some veteran receivers. I think that can be a, not terrible. <laughs> Fair enough. 
I guess that's better than bad, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody who's also kind of had issues with health is Miles Sanders, and he's already dealing with a groin injury, but it looks like he might be ready to go for week one. You look at his ADP and his situation, uh, are you buying it at that price? Bro, I am terrified. <laughs> Miles Sanders. Um, usually, if guys, like running backs in particular, have soft tissue injuries, hamstrings, mm. groins, like I just kind of take them off my board uh, if they have those in the preseason. But he had his yeah. so early that, like you said, he's he's pretty much expected to be good to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where he's at in the fourth, there's just so much talent there. I'd hate to swing and miss. If he slips, you know, late fifth, now I'm interested because they only kept three running backs. I mean, it's Chuba Hubbard behind him and uh, 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 Blackman. I, I forget. Uh, it's just, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. So we saw those guys, you know, last year and, and actually the year before that, and there wasn't a whole lot there. So, yeah, Sanders terrifies me. Fair. That's fair. You know, what terrifies me a little bit are the pass catchers. Um on the Panthers, uh, you know, they brought in Adam Thielen. He's on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. Uh, DJ Chark, who's, who had the one big year or, or pretty good year, but hasn't really been able to stay healthy and is already dealing with some injuries this year. Um, Jonathan Mingo, who's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, I believe they kept five tight ends on the roster, which has to be a record. Um, are you, Kojo, are you interested in any, Panthers pass catchers, or is this just kind of a a group to pretty much avoid? I am weirdly interested in Adam Thielen. Um, and interestingly enough, because of the tight end thing. So um, my girlfriend went to Alabama, and so she w- couldn't wait to watch Bryce Young's first preseason game. She came up stairs a little while and was like, yeah, he's not doing so well. He's only throwing to his tight end, Adam Thielen. And I was like, <laughs> Thielen's a, a receiver. But then I thought about it. Yeah, he's kind of at that age, like you said, wrong side of 30, but he's always been really good like with running technical short area routes, getting open in the in the red zone. Um, and so if he's going to run tight end-ish routes, and uh, what we saw from Bryce Young in the preseason is he directed a lot of volume Thielen's way, um, then, yeah, I'd be interested in throwing him on the back end of my roster as a fifth uh, wide receiver, and maybe yeah. he can help me get through bye weeks or injuries. Um I don't love, I had not checked to see how many tight ends they kept. If they kept five actual tight ends, that puts a hole in that, uh, that balloon. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know three of them are just blocking tight ends or maybe one's a special teamer, but I did see that. Um, uh, that's check that, but I did see that five tight ends made the roster when they cut to 53. I'm guessing some of them don't really play tight end all the time. Yeah, sure. they're, they're playing chess while the rest of the NFL is playing checkers, I guess. There it is. Carolina's doing. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, there's there's not a lot of meat on that bone in the passing game. You're right. But one passing game that's interesting is maybe one just one player in particular is Chris Olave for the Saints. We saw he had a great rookie year. When you look at his ADP, I mean, how high is too high to draft him? Honestly, and I hate to say nice things about Saints players because you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yes, <laughs> I, I love Olave. I, I think he's amazing. Um, he can play really at, at every level of the field. Um, I think 20 is probably too high. Um, you know, So I personally would take him over Jalen Waddell just because as much as I think Wallen is, Waddell is a fantastic player, 
um, we all have questions, right, about how durable is Tua and, you know, what, what happens if he's out. Um, and so I think that's enough for me to take a guy who's going to be a guaranteed one on his team over a guy who has to contend with A, Tyreek Hill, and B, possibly not having his quarterback, uh, even though Mike White is there now to save the day. Um and then I, I also could see myself in some builds, depending on how my wide receivers are starting to look, I could see myself taking Olave over Emma Ross St. Brown, who I also love. But I had oh, Emma wow. Ross on my teams down the stretch last year. And I remember how it felt to get those like five for 60 every week. You know, it's like, you know, this is great. You're not killing me, but I really need more than this. Um, and you know how it is with fantasy. Sometimes that that um, sour taste from the end of the year can kind of mm-hmm. cloud your best judgment. So yeah, exactly. in some builds, I could see myself taking the upside of an Alave over the floor of, of a Monroe. You know, I had a Monroe last year in my main league, and it was even more painful than that because he led the NFL in getting tackled inside the five yard line. So a lot of those. Uh, a lot of those five for 60s could have easily been and one, you know. Yes. TD, which saves the line. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I got a lave in the in the Scott Fishbowl, which is a super flex. So obviously everything's down around at least because um, quarterbacks are flying off the board. But I got him in the fifth round in, in that, and I just felt like I was stealing. That's amazing value. Yeah, I really felt like I was stealing. Like I, I almost took him in the fourth. But there was I needed a second quarterback and and I took yep. I took a quarterback there and I was like damn I I, I could have had Chris Olave and I couldn't believe it when he was on the board. In your lap. He, he when he came back to me and I was like you know I, I ran to the podium it's a slow draft you have eight hours <laughs> I think I took eight seconds on, on that high on him this year too um you know a, a guy who very quietly in some ways put up pretty big numbers in in sort of limited starts last year was Juwan Johnson. And I, I think he's on a lot of people's sleeper list this year um, at tight end. You know, the, he's he's the tight end on the Saints, not named Taysom Hill, who actually – he's the tight end who actually plays tight end. Right. Taysom Hill doesn't play tight end. It's like the all-time fantasy joke that he's listed as a tight end. But um, – any interest in, in Juwan Johnson as a, you know, sort of a, you, you mentioned before, if you miss on the top tight ends, you'll kind of wait to the end of drafts. I think he could be a guy who's like him and Tyler Higby and a few other guys who you're like, I'll just ro- roll with this guy. And if it doesn't work, I'll play the waiver wire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely throw a dart at Juwan Johnson. I mean, he caught, he caught fire in the middle of last season. Um, he's big, he's fast, he's got good hands. What concerns me is how many other tight ends the Saints have, right? So they brought Derek Carr's buddy, Foster Moreau, over, and he's a feel-good story, right? I mean, like, the guy beat cancer, like, yeah, in, in, in one offseason. Um, and then they brought Saints fan favorite Jimmy Graham back, and it wasn't a one-day sign-and-retire deal. So I just... I don't know. I, I can see um, Juwan Johnson leading them in targets and catches for tight ends, but losing just enough touchdowns and just enough, you know, volume that uh, you never quite get the, um, you know, the, the the bang that you expect. 
All right. Well, I'm yeah. glad you didn't mention Taysom Hill when you listed their tight ends. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about him in the running back section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another question about the Saints is, you know, maybe not in a question that position, but maybe a questionable move overall with the contract. You look at that is the signing of Derek Carr. Um, how big of an upgrade is Derek Carr for the offense? Do you think? Okay, it's it's an upgrade in my opinion, but it's like it's like you go to, you go to holler at a girl and you ask for her number and she says, "No, I'm not giving you my number," but then she's like but I'll give you my Instagram, right? So it's still a no, but it's an upgraded no now, right? Right. That's that's about the difference, the upgrade, the way I look <laughs> at it between Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. I mean, here are some, here are some stats. Let's see if you, you tell me who's who, right? So last year, 14 games, 66.7% completion percentage, 2,800 yards, 7.6 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns, Nine picks. That was one guy. Here's the other guy. 15 games, 60.8% completion, 3,500 yards, only seven yards per attempt, 24 touchdowns, 14 picks. Right? It's an upgrade. It's just not that big of an upgrade, Yeah, in my opinion. But I think the good thing is you can tell yourself a story with Derek Carr that you really can't tell yourself with Andy Dalton, right? Andy Dalton, he's kind of had his time um, and, and you, you know, he's playing out the string versus Derek Carr. We saw that like supernova season starting to unfold, right? And then he got injured. We've seen him support, you know, two wide receivers with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree in one season. Um, and, and now, you know, it's just time for a, a fresh, uh, you know, fresh uh, scenery, and he's in there with an exciting young rookie um, and whatever's left of Michael Thomas. And you can tell yourself a story that there's enough left in the tank there for, for Derek Carr. Hmm. Well, so, so, Kojo, I've, I've been married 31 years. And when I was single, Instagram didn't exist. So I'm going to have to take your word for <laughs> the analogy you threw out there um, <laughs> uh, about uh, getting not getting a phone number, but getting an Instagram. Um, anyway, uh, you mentioned Michael Thomas, you know, he, he's played a grand total of 10 games in the last three years um, and yeah. in the process has burned a lot of people who, you know, drafted him kind of hoping, hoping the magic would, would come back from those monster seasons that he had with Drew Brees um, at the end of the last decade, uh, like 2018, 2019. Um are we at the point where everyone should kind of just say no on Michael Thomas or, you know, is it still, you kind of look at it and like, Oh, eighth round, ninth round, Michael Thomas. <laughs> I know what he did, you know, five years ago. What do you think about him this year? You know, maybe I'm just a sicko, but yeah, <laughs> Michael Thomas is there. And depending on how my build is looking. Yeah. Eighth, ninth round. Give me, give yeah. me a dating, give me another dating analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Michael Thomas is that girl that you went on a date with once or twice. It was pretty good. And somehow you just you ended up ghosting each other and it just didn't work. Then you see her on Instagram or whatever and you, you see the story. She's looking good. So you, you slide in the DMs. Maybe it'll work this time. <laughs> one more shot, right? You can never say no to one more shot. shot. This is pure magic, Kojo. I love it. Good stuff, man. You mentioned uh, the exciting girl, girl, girlfriend's going to hate me. 
<laughs> I, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but you know, you invited it, so yeah, right on myself. <laughs> Hopefully, she listens to the show, man. No doubt, no doubt, she loves football. Yes, sir. So you mentioned the exciting young rookie. I can only think uh, you're speaking of Kendra Miller running back out of uh, TCU. And then, of course, the, the Saints have Jamal Williams. Kamara's, you know, he's back, but he's just been in three games. And, of course, Taysom Hill, who's going to vulture some rushing touchdowns. Looking at that backfield, how do you see it breaking down, breaking down and who do you like best at ADP? Yeah, I, I, this one is is probably one of the more intriguing backfields um, in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, the way I'm trying to tell myself a story about it is look at the season in thirds, right? So the first third of the season, obviously, Kamara is – or the first three games he's suspended, and then he'll probably need a couple games to ramp up, right? So give that first third of the season um, to Jamal Williams and, and maybe Kendra Miller as he's kind of ramping up. Um that I'm, I'm frankly expecting to Kamara to come in pretty hot, you know, once, once he's ready and uh, maybe have a little chip on his shoulder, but we've also seen Kamara start to slip, you know, his rushing touchdowns, his efficiency over the last few seasons. So it wouldn't surprise me if he just doesn't quite have it. Meanwhile, Kendra Miller gets accustomed to the speed of the NFL game, gets ramped up and last third of the season maybe is his. Yeah. And, of course, there's Taysom Hill, right, who he's going to pop up <laughs> at least two to three weeks during the season. It's going to happen, you know. So just if you don't have a tight end, slide him in there and, you know, just <laughs> Anything can happen with Taysom Hill, man. Exactly. How are you guys Hi, looking Bill. at this backfield? Oh, say again? Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to save what I what I think of this backfield for one of my answers to, to the upcoming questions. Paul, I don't know okay, if you cool. want to uh, – give any uh, uh and best ball i took a lot of kendra miller not knowing what was going to happen with kamara but then i started taking when the adp was right i started taking more shots on kamara and best ball and things like that but overall i probably still if i had to choose i would take kamara i'm with you there so we got a couple couple questions now um, across the whole division that we'll each give our uh, our expert answers to. Maybe they won't be expert answers, but we're going to try for the listeners out there. So we'll start with this one. Which player from the NFC South do you want on all of your fantasy teams? Um, Kojo, you give yours first, and then Paul, and then I'll give mine. Yeah, I'll go right back to Kamara. I mean, a sixth round ADP, right? Uh, he allows you to kind of do a zero RB or a hero RB bill uh, yeah. and still feel like, hey, I've got a guy who can maybe carry me down the stretch um, with, you know, that cupcake schedule that, that all these teams have and, and that chip on his shoulder. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with uh, Miles Sanders coming off a top 15 season and a new contract. I like Sanders' potential workload with the Panthers and a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. With the limited pass-catching options in Carolina, I think Sanders, Sanders will catch 40 or more passes this year. So mine's kind of an, an obvious one, and, he, and you can't get him in all your leagues because he's expensive, and we talked about him before. But I, I really think Olave is going to smash this year. I think he ends up as a top-10 wide receiver. He's being drafted a little lower than that, um, yeah. and I think he'll deliver in all formats. I think – you know, the only thing that was really missing last year was touchdowns. He only had four. Um, but, like, his metrics, you know, like 
yards per route run and, and routes run and target, every, all that kind of stuff was really high, you know, with Andy Dalton. And I think Derek Carr brings just enough of an upgrade. And if Michael Thomas is healthy, fine. It's another guy that defenses have to worry about. So That's I'll get as much of him as I can. And I, and I actually – I think Chris Godwin, um, especially in full PPR, at the price he's going, I could just see him getting like 130, 140 targets this year from Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Yeah. So I don't mind him as like my wide receiver. You know, he's a guy who, who's been really good when healthy for really the last four or five years and is just a target hog. Uh, so I don't mind getting him um, at the price he's going at. I think that makes so, sense. So, you know, one of the worst parts about fantasy is picking a guy and him busting, Kojo. Which player from this division do you think is going to be a bust this season? Yeah, so I told you we were going to circle back to Kyle Pitts, right? And, wow. And I, I hate to say it because Kyle is a great guy, you know. Uh, and I, I, from what I can tell, he's put in a lot of work rehabbing this, this offseason. But it just feels to me like there's so much stacked up. <laughs> Um, you know, we talked about the other tight ends. We talked about Bijan taking some of the short area targets. Um, we didn't talk about the MCL injury, right? So this is something that we see tight ends, you know, get a little MCL sprain and, you know, they're back in a couple of weeks sometimes, you know, throw a brace on and you're good to go. Uh, Kyle Pitts had surgery and he still showed up, you know, for, for, uh, the start of, of, um, off season activities wearing a big bulky gray. Well, yeah. Big, bulky brace, I can talk. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we talked a little bit about Ritter, right? And we've already had a couple of highlights where – or lowlights, I guess I should say, where Ritter is throwing behind or above Kyle Pitts, and it just gives you flashbacks to last year. So, Yeah, I, you, I, I was tempted to say Pitts also. Um, I, I wrote down two names, and he was one of them. And the two names I wrote down in my main league were my biggest disappointments last year were Kyle Pitts and, and Alvin Kamara. And I'm going to go with Kamara here. And mm-hmm. there, there are a bunch of reasons for it. And I know seventh round for him is so cheap compared to anything in the, you know, the last five seasons. But, you know, missing three games is a big deal. Um, yeah. Fantasy season isn't that long. And, you know, especially in, in head-to-head leagues, like you got to get wins. And three games is a lot. Um They've got two touchdown vultures on the team, not one, but two between Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, who, you know, led all running backs and rushing touchdowns last year. They drafted Kendra Miller. Um, You know, I think Kamara will catch plenty of passes. So in a full PPR, maybe he returns some decent value. You know, he lost explosiveness last year. I don't think he had a single carry longer than 30 yards. Um, I just, you know, I, I just don't know that he'll get enough touches um, to be, uh, you know, I, I could just see a lot of frustration. There was frustration last year. You know, he had a bunch of games where he had like 130 yards, but no touchdowns, 130 total yards. I don't think he'll be terrible, but uh, I just don't want a part of that again this year. Uh, Paul, how about for you? So uh, this this guy, he's probably not being taken too much in one QB leagues, but, you know, majority of the leagues that most of us play in, I'd imagine, are, are super flex. And my guy is Bryce Young, who's currently going and drafts as a QB 11 ahead of guys like Dak Prescott and Tua Tagovailoa. He has an ADP of 31. We, we talked a lot about his weapons. I don't think they're good enough to help Young put up QB 11 numbers this season. 
I have not seen his ADP that high. I didn't realize that he was like getting ahead of guys like Aaron Rodgers and Geno Smith and, and Danny Dimes. I certainly, if that's true, I would not take him there either. Um, yeah. I thought yeah. he was lower than that. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if you were if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback that finishes a QB one, you want to feel confident that he's going to run a lot. And at Bryce's size, I don't, I don't think you can be confident in that. So that's that's high. Yeah, yeah, very high. I was surprised. Um, let's talk about sleepers. That's more fun than talking about busts. Um, Kojo, who's your favorite sleeper uh, in this division? Yeah. Um, so pending <laughs> me checking on the uh, which uh, tight ends the Carolina Panthers kept, uh, I'll circle back to Adam Thielen because again, I think he can throw him on your roster as as a wide receiver five or maybe even later, um, and then you get to the middle of the season if you got some hard luck. It's a guy who maybe can give you 10, 12 PPR points to get you through that rough patch just by being a little safety blanket for Bryce Young, running shifty routes in the end zone, get cheap touchdowns. So I, I like Thielen there. Paul, oh, how about you? For me, I'm going with my guy, uh, Sean Tucker, Tampa Bay running back. He had a strong preseason, and he's fighting for that RB2 spot up for Tampa Bay, which is currently uh, up for grabs. He's got breakaway speed, and man, I think he'd be a nice compliment to Rashad White. How about you, Dave? Well, I got two two names written down on my sheet: Adam Thielen and Sean Tucker. So great minds. Uh, hey, <laughs> look at us! And, and I don't have that much to say that you guys didn't already say. I mean, Thielen, it looks like he's going to run a lot of routes out of the slot. You know, he's traditionally for most of his career been an outside receiver. I think. You know, I think he can win from the slot. I think he's just – he's crafty. He's um, re- always been really good in, in the red zone, and I think he's just going to be Bryce Young's best friend, yeah. you know. Um, so and, – and, and his ADP is so cheap. You know, he's going in like the 13th round, and he's their wide receiver one, presumably. If I can get any team's wide receiver one that late, you know, sign me up. Exactly. And I agree. Yeah. You know, Tucker, I guess there was an issue with whether Tucker was going to be medically cleared Mm-hmm. Um, he put up a lot of yards at Syracuse, um, and I think and that, touchdowns and touchdowns. And I think that he'll. Um, it may take a while, so he's a guy you know stash on your bench, and and it'll be tempting to drop him, but maybe just wait because I think he will get an opportunity, and especially if Tampa season blows up and you know they're kind of in a rebuild, I think um, I think he'll get a decent opportunity. So my guys are your guys. Uh, <laughs> that's an original here yes sir all right coach i'm not sure how big of a bold take guy you are but for the sake of this conversation give us an nfc south bold take for the season man i'm not gonna lie this was the hardest question uh for me i went back and forth um where i finally landed was this after as we talked about dave a couple of down years right just six rushing touchdowns the past two years Alvin Kamara is going to give us not one, not two, but three, three-plus rushing touchdown games this season. Oh, that'd be something else right there, sir. That'd be nice. <laughs> as long as they don't come against the Falcons. <laughs> Dave, how about you? Yeah, mine is more of a team one than a fantasy one. Um, I think the Saints are going to win 11 or 12 games and kind of run away with the division. Um they of all the teams in this division that have easiest schedules, they have the easiest one. In fact, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. And I was looking at their schedule, you know, before we came on the air for the show, and I was like, 
when are they playing a hard game? You know, I mean, there's games they're going to lose, but they're going to be favored or, or no more than a three or four point underdog in like their first 10 or 11 games, except for maybe one game in there. Um, and I think Carr is enough of an upgrade over what they had last year. They do have a decent defense um, with a good secondary and a pretty good pass rush. And uh, they got all those running backs. Um, not a big believer in Dennis Allen, but um, I just think I think they're the class of this division. I think the Falcons, if, if it's not them, it'll be the Falcons. Um, I think they're really well coached and they're just going to win ugly. And, you know, they're going to just beat teams by running them into the ground. And um, but uh, that that's mine. And I think as part of that, I think Olave top 10 receiver and Carr, like kind of a borderline fringe QB one, maybe finishes around QB 11 to 13, something like that. Paul, what's your bold call for the NFC South? All right, coach. I think you're going to like this one, but, uh, I, I My bold take is B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, and Desmond Ritter will score a combined 50 TDs in 2023. Let's go. How many? 50. Let's Bye. go. <laughs> I, you know, I'm realizing now I don't know why I had Algier in there instead of Jake London, but initially I, I had it as like a uh, combined rushing touchdown. Too late to change it now, but, uh, you know, I'll stick with it. Hey, I'll take it. I've got Algier on uh, one of my dynasty teams, so uh, let's get let's get him a few TDs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Wait, Coach, man, I appreciate you sharing the time. Uh, it was a great conversation. Before we get you out of here, let the people know what kind of content you're creating and where we can find it. Yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Great conversation, a lot of fun. Um, so again, we're play postseason everywhere. It's all one word. Postseason is P O S T S Z N. Uh, again, we are done, you know, hosting tournaments uh, for the uh, 2023 fantasy season. Uh, we're just going to enjoy fantasy like the rest of, of y'all. And so we'll be basically just serving as a megaphone, right? So amplifying great content like the podcast that y'all have. Um, probably start to ramp back up in maybe December when we'll do some, some beta testing of our, our league game mode. Um, so if you'd like to be involved in, in testing that, just follow us on, on your choice of social media and we'll let you know when it's out. Yes, sir. Uh, Dave, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter and the content they can expect from you. Sure. Uh, Kojo, it was really fun having you on. Uh, I, I really enjoyed our conversation tonight, and uh, I wish wish your Falcons the, the best of luck this season. Um, Thanks, I am at Pigskin Papers. Uh, website is thepigskinpapers.com. Um, I've pretty much wrapped up my preseason draft uh, content because I think most people have drafted by now or they're drafting in the next couple days. And then yeah. during the season, there'll be weekly fantasy content, um, typically a waiver wire column at the beginning of the week, you know, by, by the end of the Monday night game. And then um, a uh, kind of a start sit column, usually by Thursday morning. Paul, where can people find you um, and what content can they expect? Yeah, guys, so my content will be on Twitter. As far as the Cowboys content, we stream every Monday night. And the end season, we'll be streaming on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. And uh, I will pick up the writing pin uh, probably next week or if not week two to, to do some fantasy content. Um, and you can find that at King Fantasy Sports. And you can find me at uh, Paul underscore Ryan 15 there on Twitter slash X. And guys, we appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you all next week. Sounds good. Thank you, fellas.